0: Welcome to the Destiny Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy this sermon by Justin Box. So good. So I've been speaking on um, love is our highest goal. It's in our booklet. You would be well aware of that, uh, of our booklet, Love is Our Highest Goal. And we've been talking about um, that there's different expressions of love. Just like we have many different expressions of love the way that we dress or what we like to watch, it, it reveals who we are. We like to express ourselves. Melbourne is one of, every, every, all the Americans that come out to visit us always comment on the art and the, the, the structures and the and the way that the city's put together with just beautiful and the aesthetics and the colours and the, the, um, the statues and structures and the art pieces. It's an expression. Artists express themselves in different ways and and all the truths in the Bible are the same. We can, we can talk about grace and hope and peace and forgiveness and mercy and, and judgment and all those kinds of things. And each one of those will have their own list of different ways they're expressed. And love is the same. So we spoke about uh, one of the aspects that we feel as a church that's going to mark us as a people when we're not only here but in our families and at work and just roaming the streets. It's we constantly look for ways to bless and encourage people, and it's a really, really big deal. It's an encouraging, uh, it's an encouraging truth that the Lord would entrust people to people, and that we can actually take on His heart and be transformed by it, and then start leading and living out of that truth that love is ought to be our highest goal and. He constantly looks for ways to bless and encourage us. So he tags us and says, I want you to do the same. So we've spoken a little bit about um, the love element a couple of weeks ago, which you've all probably heard. If not uh, two weeks ago, you would have heard two last week when I spoke about encouragement. We did a recap on love. And uh, and if not, you might have heard it on the podcast. But I'm just going to mention a couple of those scriptures, the Romans 5. We're not going to uh, show it on the screen, but... It says that hope does not, this hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured into your hearts by the Holy Spirit. So the reason that we actually want to bless people and want to encourage people is that our hearts have been filled with the supernatural agape love of God, which is an active love and a self-sacrificing love, which is just amazing. And then he goes on to say that, hey guys, the reason why, it's, it's compelling you. The reason why you can't stop thinking about encouraging and blessing people is because it's compelling you. And if we're not thinking about ways of blessing and encouraging people, we go back a little bit and go, oh, it's not compelling us. Why isn't it compelling me? Have I truly encountered the love of God in a way that changes me and I'm left with no other options? In John 1 John 4, it talks about that perfect love casts out fear. But it also mentions, I think it's in verse 12, that, that those that fear haven't been perfected in love. So it's a journey of being perfected in love. Salvation's a one-time declaration but the journey this unpacking of who we are and whose we are and learning who we already are is this journey and being perfected in his love is a process because i don't know about you but some days i can be encouraging people and the next day i can be abusing them because they didn't go through a roundabout properly I mean, how hard is it to give way to the right? And if no one's on the right, you don't even look. I thought we learnt this when we were 16 at at Vic Roads in Oakley, Esky Road is it called, when we punched out on the computer or maybe some people did a test with a pen back in the day. P.S. I did 66 when I was 18, 17, 18, driving and I can't believe I didn't get failed. I remember doing 66 down Huntingdale Road and they didn't see it. So that's a good thing. But, but seriously, like how hard is it? Give way to the right. If there's no car, you go. The car on the left won't come if they give right to you. Of course, be cautious. But I'll tell you what, I, I can get pretty angry at people and judge their whole life because of a decision around a roundabout. And then the next day I can be bawling watching something tragic that's happened online or through the news. So can we acknowledge that we are being perfected in love? We talk about the prophetic in 1 Corinthians. He talks about that now we see in part. So that's why we, we're, we have a culture of risk in this church. If, you don't, if we don't have a culture of risk, no one ever does anything. So failing is okay if the heart is pure. So we encourage that to step out to prophesy. You never know if you hear God unless you actually step out and prophesy and encourage and get some feedback. We're being perfected in love. Had I feel like I'm stepping into and have been operating in the gift of word and knowledge and all the gifts are available for those that would earnestly desire them. If you don't earnestly desire them, they stay with God. So I've been challenged by that that if I don't pursue them earnestly, the Bible, look at the Greek of that word earnestly, it is intense. But I've been going after it for five, six years. So I spent two hours with Bill Johnson on Friday night. me and 20 other guys. It's a true story. Um, the alumni from um, Bethel School of Supernatural Ministry, Melbourne, um, met with him. There's about 20 of us. It was just amazing. So I got to chat with him beforehand and just thanked him for, for um, yeah, helping build this belief system, as many other pastors have. Um, and uh, yeah, chatting with him, spent some time with him. And then it's amazing when you get around people that have changed the world, literally changed the world, um, and the face of Christianity um, that we see today, something happens in you. Like I believe that there's impartation, even though no one said there's impartation now. But if you, just, if you just step in and go, I'm receiving from him right now. Because what did Paul say? He said, we not only impart grace, we not only impart the gifts of the Spirit, but we impart our life. He says that really clearly in the Scriptures. So we not only impart the gifts that we carry. So the word knowledge now, I can release that. Take it now if you, if you believe that it can be released to you right now. The gift of word of knowledge. Yeah? So I believe that happens, but also we impart our lives so as I'm there, I'm aware that there's so much more going on than just what's coming out of his mouth and, and the things that are happening in the room um, that we can see and hear. There's more going on because the spirit world is just incredible and there's so much going on. And I'm, Anyway, so I'm driving home. I don't know where we're going, but this is good, isn't it? So I'm, I'm driving to speak at a Kingston City church. Uh, CRC denomination at a youth event about six or seven youth ministries combined together and it was down there it was about 150 kids which is awesome and I'm like yeah I'll do it no problem and not begrudgingly but I'm like yeah I'll do it I was like ah, oh, I don't really do youth events or I don't can't remember the last one I did um, but yeah I can share testimonies because um, God's done heaps of stuff in the last six years so I'll just share testimonies and tell them they can do the same thing um, anyway, so I'm driving there and I had this weird moment where I started like, getting names in my head. And it's something that I've, I've, I've been going after a little bit um, because I want people to feel seen and known by the God of the universe and, and that I say things that no one else in the universe could have known in that moment because I want them to feel seen and loved by God. That's the prophetic. That's encouraging. That's, that's the whole heart of the gospel, for them to feel seen and known by God, whichever method we choose. So I'm in the car and I'm like, oh, I think there's a Matthew and I think he's got a sister that goes to the same youth ministry and I think her name's Kara and I think he's 13 and I think it's his birthday today. I'm like, oh, and then I started just, I don't always feel the presence. I I do a lot because I've learned that it's available all the time. I thought I had to perform for it and I thought that if I sinned one day, I couldn't feel his presence the next. And it was a gradual thing to get back and, and crawling back to God. And then he would touch me again. I remember driving down Toodle Road and I, and I used to think, I wonder if he'll touch me today. <laughs> and now I'm like, try not getting touched by God because it's out of a belief system that he's for me all the time. I can mess up two hours ago. I can fight with Lee on the way to church and that happens, guys. happened last week to be honest had some strong disagreements but he's still for us it doesn't disqualify us of course we clean up messes but his presence I started feeling his presence wasn't strong but it was just a almost like a nod saying this is and I and it it brought faith and we don't always have to feel faith um, in those moments we just got to go with it sometimes we got to just step out in risk even if we don't feel anything. This is a cultural thing we're talking about now in this church and in our life that we're slowly building. Anyway, so I get there and I wrote them down. Almost, I felt like a Sean Bowles. I talked to my mate and I said, hey mate, thanks for organising the bill thing. Good on you, mate. And I said, I think I'm having like a Sean Bowles moment where he gets addresses and credit card numbers and just says them and people start crying because no one knows that stuff. And I'm like, this is a weird experience. This is a Friday night. So I get there, write them down. And, um, and the kids, they do games and worship, and that's all good and great. And, uh, and then I, and I was going to just share a whole heap of testimonies about what the Lord's done, blind eyes open, legs grow out, that I've seen. Um, and that's all amazing. Floaters in Nolene's eyes disappear in my office, um, which is just great. And lots of testimonies, hundreds of testimonies. So I started sharing them. And then I said, and then I'm like skirting, going, testimonies are cool, I don't really have to step out, especially with kids that haven't seen this modelled, so you don't want to mess it up the first night. And they go, yeah, see, I told you it's not true. So it's the pressure. That's sometimes why well, we don't do it. What if he doesn't get healed? And they, it just confirms my friend doesn't believe in God, you know? It's like, nah, come on. What if they do get healed? What if they do get healed? So I, uh, so I said, hey, I just boldly said it, scared on the inside, confident on the outside. I said, hey, is there a Matthew here? And then it's like, oh, you know, the kids, they're young. Oh, and then one kid stood up out of 150, And I'm like, do you have a sister that goes to the same youth ministry? And then everyone started going, oh, what? And I'm like, and then you get confident. And then they stand up and you're like, I hear God. (laughs) That does happen on the inside. It's like party time on the inside. And I'm trying to explain to them how awesome this is for me. Don't worry about these guys. (laughs) Like, do you realize what's happening? Do you realize how hard I've gone after this? Do you realize how much i position myself for impartation from people that carry it on a level that I don't? My heart is not to operate in a gift for gift's sake and be fancy up the front. It's So people experience God through feeling seen and known. It's the biggest need right now. People want to be seen and known. They want to be seen and known. And they might not identify and articulate that they want to be seen and known by God, but it's in there and in them somewhere. They hope that he's real. They pray that he's real. And we have the privilege of, of a combination of hard work and impartation start to grow in the supernatural gifts that are outside of talking, and talking's awesome, but they're outside, so they release an encounter that marks a person forever because no one could have known it. And this is the core of encouraging. It's the core of the prophetic. We're not talking about the prophetic, but it's a core value of the prophetic to encourage, to exhort, and to strengthen. And I began to prophesy over both of them. I actually forgot to ask if he was 13 and it was his birthday, and I've still got to check with Chris. Um, so I've got to check in. But I got to prophesy. I, just, I had a word about that I felt like you guys have been dealt car, uh, cards and you've been given a pair of twos at points in your life. And I just want you to know that God wins with any hand. I just encouraged them in that and prayed for them. And they probably didn't know what was going on, how significant that was for their life in the moment. But I just said, God sees you and he knows you and he loves you. Be encouraged. So we were talking about encouragement, we were talking about the early church and I mentioned last week that there was a guy called Barnabas, the apostles nicknamed him encourager because not because they wanted him to be an encourager because they needed help but because that's all, that was who he already is, like how Peter was a rock. And and Jesus said, no longer will you be called Simon, but you're going to be called Peter. So name changes are significant. He was an encourager in in, in the early church where their friends were being executed. Christians were being executed by Saul, who later became Paul. Modern day ISIS, it's all happening. That church needed encouragement and a man stood up perhaps when no one else did, because there might have been fear. There might have been some confident apostles, of course there was, but there might have been a lot of people in fear when Stephen, the first Christian martyr, was stoned to death. And Barnabas put his hand up and started to encourage, and the word encourage is to seek, to pursue, so it's an intentional act that costs us something, sacrifice, inconvenience. But it's a seeking and a pulling to one side and then a speaking life and exhortation and building. And this is what this guy Barnabas did. And I'm not going to go into detail, but he started to do this a lot. And then the Bible says that he got promoted. It says that he was actually a teacher and a prophet, which is amazing in that church. He was an encourager. And then he was a teacher and a prophet and he's growing. And I said last week that, that when we become an encourager, it releases promotions and upgrades in the kingdom and in ministry and in life which is something that we all want to do it's just inbuilt in all of us we want to grow we want to be a year ago that was good but now I'm a year ahead and the fruit and evidence and encouragement that's all around me is amazing we want to grow yeah so this guy Barnabas grew in confidence and it was at a time where Saul was executing people and they were fearful of Saul, but they'd heard that he'd become a believer. And the Bible says that, that while they were fearful and they didn't want him to join their tribe of preaching the gospel, Barnabas grabbed Saul and pulled him close and brought him to the apostles and said, this guy's the real deal. And what happened? It said that there was peace in the church and they continued to grow Another thing that happened later after Barnabas started to grow and then Paul started preaching is actually Barnabas and Paul got called to go on the first missionary journey. So these two got hooked up. Barnabas said, you know what, there's something in this guy that you other guys aren't seeing and I'm going to encourage him, I'm going to pour into him. And they got teamed up to go together to go and preach the gospel. It's an amazing story. And what happened when they, they, I think it was Perga, the first place, around there. I've got it in my notes somewhere, but we're not really looking at these today, which is okay. And they start out, and the Bible says that Mark, some translations say John Mark, actually joined them. So Paul and Barnabas got sent out from the church to continue. So we've got Paul, the early convert, the, the executor of believers. And we've got the encourager and the redeemed Paul, obviously. And they get sent out to preach the gospel, signs, wonders, and miracles, and um, telling people about Jesus. And it's all happening and it's amazing. And Barnabas is with him. The, the, the guy that went through it the most in the Bible, shipwrecks, famine, um, beating, just incredible. The Bible talks about he was beaten with the 40 lashes, minus one, I think they say. And it was just this intense moment. And who else would you want? beside you than the encourager because we go through it yeah. we go through it all the time and he's got the encourager with him and it's amazing and the bible makes this interesting point that john mark or mark was with them but something interesting happened that when they yeah they went to cyprus that's right they they got to cyprus and started preaching but the demonic activity in cyprus was intense the bible says not many were converted the governor was at the bottom of, I think it was Acts 13, the governor was born again, but not a lot of other things happened. And Mark freaked out, freaked out, guys. So he left. And Paul, because he was a very intense person, freaked out and said, whatever, dude, off you go. So Barnabas and Paul continued on with their journey, preaching. You can read it. Acts fourteen. It said, "And God and God um, confirmed their message was true with signs, wonders, and miracles." So they're preaching the gospel about Jesus, and God's conf- everywhere they go is true with an outpouring of miracles, and people are being born again and and and, and healed everywhere they go. Barnabas, the encourager, and, and and Paul, this amazing believer that used to execute Christians. Anyway, let's fast forward. A long time, uh, I think it's in between the first and second missionary journey. So they're now just going all around. And Barnabas said, hey, let's get Mark involved again. Think he's available. And Paul goes, nah, don't want anything to do with him. This is Paul, Christian, full of kindness and love and mercy. Can you guys relate? I can. It's like, this guy's awesome. Cut him off the next day because it's something they do. So he messed up. He might not have even messed up. Let's not even go that far. Maybe he was a young Christian and the demonic stuff freaked him out and he needed to be pastored. But Paul wrote him off. We've got this incredible story of later in Paul's life in Timothy. And I want to read it. Can we put 2 Timothy 4 to 6 up in a second, Jen? I'll let you know when I want you to put it up. We've got this incredible story of the early church and there's so much. We could spend a day talking about it. But this this story is significant with Barnabas the encourager, with Paul needing encouragement and then Mark coming but then Paul saying no and Barnabas and Paul actually had a punch on and they split as well over it because Barnabas saw something in Mark that Paul didn't. I want you to get this encourages see things in people that no one else does remember he saw the executor paul as a kingdom man that was gonna i mean he wrote 13 epistles he is the new testament and saw and and barnabas saw it if barnabas didn't see it maybe we wouldn't have this epistles by saul maybe it was someone else epistles by paul and the same thing happened with mark paul said not. He, he messed up in Cyprus, whatever the demonic, who cares? We're here to conquer. And, and he's like, get lost. I'm not taking him on this second one because he deserted us, the Bible says. And Barnabas is like, no, nah, this is not okay. So he encourages, defend brothers and sisters. Encourages, stick, stick up for friends that are hurt. Encourages, when they hear gossip, they say, no, 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 this is who he is. Encouraged when they hear people talking about other people behind their back, actually go, you know what? No, no, no. This is who he really is. What did Jesus say about Nathaniel? He goes, Hey dude, you're an upright guy. And Nathaniel's thinking all dodgy stuff and it wasn't great under the fig tree. When he saw Jesus, when Jesus saw him walking, he goes, This is who you are, you're upright. He prophesies who you are, not who you're not. And that's what encouragers do. They see who we really are. So we've got this amazing thing of Mark leaving. Barnabas saying, no, there's something in Mark that you need, Paul. Encouragers actually help establish community and connection. Encouragers bring peace. Encouragers release in the atmosphere upgrades and promotions. Encouragers see people the way that God sees them. Encouragers enable, if if I see Brett, and some people have been saying some dodgy stuff about Brett, which they wouldn't because he's amazing, but I'm like, oh, I'm starting to think that, and Al's the encourager, and Al will come over to me and go, no, no, Brett's a good man. And what happens is I start to listen to Al and I trust Al and I'm like, yeah, he is a good man. But in this situation, Paul's like, nah, not interested. I don't want Mark with me because he deserted us and we're about the kingdom and he just let us down. And Barnabas is like, nah, this is a big deal. Mark's amazing. See you, Paul. Wild. Wild. Let's go to 2 Timothy. As uh, Paul's nearing the end of the... Oh, maybe... Thanks Jen. This is Paul. As for me, my life has already been poured out as an offering to God. This is on his deathbed. My time of death is near. I have fought the good fight, I've finished, we know this. I've finished the race and I have remained faithful, and now the prize awaits me, the crown of righteousness which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give me on the day of his return. And the prize is not just for me, but for all who eagerly look Forward to his appearing. Verse 9. Timothy. This is Paul to Timothy. Timothy, please come as soon as you can. Remember, Paul poured into Timothy. Demas has deserted me because he loves the things of this life and has gone to Thessalonica. Cretans has gone to Galatia and Titus has gone to Dalamata. Check out this, verse 11, guys. Paul on his deathbed. Only Luke is with me. Bring Mark with you when you come, for he will be helpful to my ministry. You remember what happened? Paul said, don't want anything to do with him. I don't want anything to do with him. He's not coming. And Paul was that intense about it that Paul and Barnabas split. Remember, Paul went off with Silas and then Barnabas went off, it's a really big deal that we start to just to jump on board what the Lord's saying right now. Right now. This is massive. That something happened deep in Paul during the moment he deserted um, Barnabas and cut off Mark from his life until this point right now. Paul had gone on and he's done so much ministry. He's poured out his life, the Bible says. He was a great man, and we all have flaws, including Paul. Remember, throughout the Bible, he'd say, I'm the worst I'm the chief of the sinners. It says it, says it about three times in, the, in his writings. I'm the worst of all the saints, he says. I'm the chief of all sinners. But something changed, and I want to I propose that Barnabas left such a deposit In Paul's life that although it didn't rise straight away the impact and the influence of Barnabas and Barnabas's heart for people was imparted to Paul and on his deathbed something rose up where he was released to see Mark for who he truly was. As Tash can come up to the keys, that would be amazing, please. Thank you. Encouragers see things that no one else sees. They cause others around them to see. Encouragers get encouraged themselves and it affects their family and it affects those around them. And I kept reading about Mark and I kept reading about Paul and I kept reading about Barnabas. And you know what I discovered? that Barnabas and Mark were cousins. And it made me think that about that story with David and Jonathan. It made me start thinking about the connection that David and Jonathan had and the covenant that David and Jonathan had that Jonathan pursued David in David's hardest hour and prophesied over David that although my dad Saul is going to come and try and kill you, he will not prevail and he will not find you because you've been set apart by God and you will be king of Israel. And the Bible says that he, he grabbed David, he grabbed him and he pushed him into God. And it's, the Bible says that, and David was encouraged. And the impact of Jonathan on David was so significant. Jonathan was an encourager. And it changed David's life. The impact of Jonathan in the life of David and the whole story. David is in the lineage of Jesus. The blessings that flow because of what David did from generation to generation was incredible. It's because of David, the Bible says. It's because of David, the Bible says. He was a man after my own heart. But how did he get to that place? Of course, there were many things, challenges, the bear, the lion, Goliath. But I want to propose that Jonathan played such an incredible part in pushing David towards God. Because in 1 Samuel 23, that's when he prophesied and said, you will be king. It's going to be okay. And seven chapters later, David was again facing a really big challenge with kids and wives being kidnapped and the town being plundered and David's a wreck. But the Bible says this, that Jonathan did not come, but David strengthened himself in the Lord. And we know the story, it continues. David's near the end of his life and he said, is there anybody still alive from the house of Jonathan? I want to propose to you that Jonathan's encouragement and kindness and seeing and pursuing, crawling up the hill and finding David in a crevice and prophesying and encouraging, you can do it. Don't throw away your confidence. I want to propose to you that that changed David so much. It impacted him so much that all these years went on, even though it was the house of Saul. King Saul, and they were anti each other. House of Saul, house of David, even though they were meant to be enemies. There was a covenant between Jonathan and David. And this is what David said. Is there anybody left from the house of Saul that I can show kindness to? And there was a guy that lived in the dry place, a worthless thing, Mephibosheth means, from, I forgot the place. You know the place where he was, Mephibosheth? Where? Doba. Dover, Lodabar. Lodabar. It means dry place. So a worthless thing from a dry place gets called, and he comes into the king's palace, and he blesses him, and he encourages him. And Mephibosheth said, "No, I'll just be a servant. I'll stay here." He's like, "No, you're going to sit at my table, and your your descendants are going to be blessed." And let's flash back now to Barnabas and Mark. They're related. Barnabas and Paul, a connection. And I feel like these two things are really similar. They're related. That, that something happened so much between Barnabas and Paul, like Jonathan and David, there was a connection. Because encouragement brings connection. And Paul knew that Mark was his cousin. And he still said, sorry, I don't care. But something happened, similar to David. This is wild. That at the end of his life, David reached out to bless Bless someone that shouldn't have been blessed with the war that went on between the house of Saul and the house of David. He reached out and showed kindness when he shouldn't have, when he should have put him to death. You kill the enemy. You slaughter the enemy and don't let any of them live so you can build a remnant of your kingdom. But he said, who's left? And I feel like that was Paul on his deathbed. He's flashing, his life flashing before him. That early call to ministry. Barnabas believed in him before anyone else did. Barnabas saw things in Paul before anybody else did. The apostles were gossiping non-stop, gossiping about this Saul guy that apparently is preaching the gospel. Yeah, well, he killed our friend a couple of months ago. This is not okay. And Barnabas dug in and he said, this is who he is. He's a man of God and everything changed. Peace fell on the church. And I feel like Paul was looking back over his life and he's He's wondering and have I have I blown it with him? And he reaches out, he says to Timothy, Hey, I want you to bring Mark. And although it's a weird statement, he'll be useful for ministry. Paul's a bit of a psycho. I believe there was great connection. Let's stand to our feet. Moy, can you just jump up? It'd be awesome. You and the keys are uh, just a powerful combination, actually more you and anything is a really powerful combination seriously yeah i just yeah I just declare let 's just pray yeah I just declare right now that that there would be an upgrade this morning you just put your hands out and just yeah there'd be an upgrade this morning of There'd be an upgrade in the way that He sees you and the way that you see yourself. That the gap would be bridged today in Jesus' name. Yeah, because you plus anything is life and success. When you get around anything, it makes it better. Yeah, you're amazing. Jesus. Yeah, thank you, God. Thank you, God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, Jesus. Can you can you let's just close your eyes? I want you to just get vulnerable before the Lord. Doesn't mean you say anything, but your heart, open open it up really wide. Like when was the last time you were encouraged? Hmm. When was the last time you encouraged someone? What happens when we start to encourage? We become a magnet for encouragement. We should all just be encouraged all the time. That's what it should be like. I think it just should be like that, that we all just, it's a default. All Christians all the time get encouraged. That thousands, hundreds of thousands of non-Christians get encouraged every day in Australia. It should be like that. And that's not being critical, but it's not. Because we're still being perfected in love. Now we see in part. We're on a journey of unpacking who we really are and believing it. But I want to propose to you that When we put our hand up and say, you know what? I might not be encouraged now. But the way that God works is when we put our hand up to be an encourager, we become what we value and we start to attract encouragement. And make no mistake, you need encouragement. Make no mistake, you need consistent encouragement from people. Don't believe the lie that it's just all about praying and reading and worshipping and soaking and praying in tongues. They are pivotal. But as pivotal to join that package, because God made this whole thing up, is to be encouraged by people. God did not just encourage David, Jonathan did. God did just not supernaturally encourage Paul to overcome the gossip and the hatred. Barnabas called it out. Jonathan called it out and I feel like the Lord is raising up encouragers in this place. And it's gonna bring an awakening in our families. It's gonna bring <laughs> it's gonna bring an awakening. And I'm gonna read this to, to finish. We're gonna sing a bit and God's gonna touch us.